All right, on to Central Michigan, who's 2-1. Coach Hino's the squad. He's been there for five years. Interesting, because he hired you know, Morris Watts to be his offensive coordinator, who's been coaching for over 50 years. And probably one of the few times you'll get to see a game this year with old-school football on offense. Now, he does have all the modern tweaks. You know, he'll, he'll spread it out and have all that stuff available to you. But this is an old-school uh, old school football team, you know, multiple t multiple running backs, multiple tight ends, try to pound you, pound you, pound you, pound you. You know, a big group offensive linemen, which we'll talk about here in a second. But um, this is uh, this is the game that we a lot of us grew up watching watching play on offense. You know, it starts with their quarterback Cooper, who's. A big guy himself. He's 6'3", 220, Drop back. He's a drop back quarterback. You know, last year he was, you know, was even with his touchdowns to interceptions. This year he's got, you know, four to one. Okay, so he's greatly improved his touchdown to interception ratio. You know that there's, you know, there's a good chance that the lead running back Rawls won't play. You know, uh, from what I understand, he's right now indefinitely suspended. So they list five different guys, but if Rawls doesn't go, we'll probably get the most out of Lavalli. I know there's another three guys on the depth chart, but you know he he's clearly second after Rawls as far as how they do it. You know they have a fullback that plays fullback. You know it's probably going to be Bocce. You know I know they've listed Garland in there too, but uh, and they also have two tight ends that'll both play. Um, the on-the-line of scrimmage, uh, um, Kingsville is more the on-the-line of scrimmage guy, and Butler is more the move guy for them in, in their offensive scheme. As far as the receivers go, we really don't know the status of Davis. You know, Davis is a front-line wide receiver, could play for anybody. Uh, got hurt on a punt return in the first game of the year against Chattanooga. Really hasn't seen action since. You know, he's 6'2", 190. He's not only a good receiver, but he's also a good returner. Well, Kroll Williams and Anthony Rice are the other receivers. I have to give a little shout-out for Anthony. And he's another guy who's probably spent 100 nights at the Weiss House in Indiana. Uh, he was a high school teammate of Riley Jeffers, went to the same high school together. And he was boys with Trey Parmley and Charlie. So, I mean, this is another I, – I I'd be remiss if I didn't at least mention Anthony, who's – uh, well, whose parents I know very well. Uh, on the offensive line, they're all big. They're all 300-plus pounders. You know, they're led to the guys with the accolades. They're the left guard, Phelps, and their center, Beamish. You know, but they're all big guys, and they're big and physical, and they, that's the way they like to play. They all want to run the ball down your throat, and if we're not ready for it, that's exactly what they'll do. You know, Joe Tumpkin uh, runs their defense. Um, sort of with the same mentality that we just talked about. They're very big inside. Uh, they got four 300-pounders that they roll through there in the two inside positions. Um, and really, it, as, you, as you look through look through all four of them, I mean, they just keep them fresh and they just keep them coming, keep on pressing the pocket between the center and the guards. You know, they're going to have their hands full with, the, with these guys. You know, Ostman who plays a defensive end on our right, their left, is, is a high-effort defensive end who gives a lot of people trouble. You know, Serp is on the other side. 
you know, at linebacker, you know, they're led by, you know, uh, Shiroki. Oh, he's, you know, he averaged 10 tackles a game last year. Um, he goes with their three technique, and Hamilton goes with their nose. They kind of, they don't, they say Mike and Will, but they kind of go with the three technique into one technique. Um, King plays their nickel. The one thing about all three of those linebackers, uh, they, they've all been in, a pro, in, in the program for at least four years. You know, in their secondary, uh, I'm really impressed with Wilson, who's their boundary corner. You know, um, Greer and Frazier uh, handle the – oh, Greer's a field corner, really. And Frazier and um, Frazier and Anise uh, handle the safeties. Now, Kaluzzi started off the year as both their punter and their kicker. Um, now, you know, he had gotten banged up a little bit in the Chattanooga game as well. Um uh, but he's back in there. He's being a punter. You'll see both conventional punts, and you'll also see some rugby punting where he rolls a little bit to his right and punts the ball, usually get, making it tough to catch and giving a big roll. Uh, Evie's taking over as the place kicker and the kickoff guy from Kaluzzi, probably stemming from that original energy, uh, injury. You know, Zank's their long snapper. I talked about punt returning. We really have to be concerned if Davis is a go because he makes plays. And Williams, who's one of the starting wide receivers I mentioned before, um, Williams will handle the kickoff returns. And floor is open. There's been a lot of talk about your team's psyche, but how about physically? Did you guys come out of last week okay? Um, we have a couple guys sick, but other than Zunica, who we thought maybe had broke his fibula, but he didn't. You know, he's, he's just sore. You know, everyone's set and ready to go. You know, just like any you know, college program at this time of year, you start to get some kids sick. But, um, you know, don't know if, you know, if they're, you know, they're all dead. When you're sick, you're always day to day. They might be practicing today. They might be practicing tomorrow in a couple of cases, but we're, you know, we're aware of that, but injury-wise, we're, injury-wise, we're in good shape. They talked about focus on Montel's accuracy. What can you do in practice, or what, what can you do to help a guy accuracy-wise? Well, we've, there's about two or three things that you could do to work on that, and without getting into particulars, those are the two or three things that we're going to work on today. You know, I, I'm not going to get into here's what we're doing, okay, to fix the problems because I'm not going to say, hey, Central Michigan, here's what we're doing, okay. But there's, you know, I've been coaching quarterbacks for a long time. You know, I'm not the quarterback coach or the offensive coordinator, but I know enough about quarterbacks to identify problems and how to fix them. And Montel spent Sunday meeting with Ron, John, and me. It was a full, he had a full plate on Sunday. But at the end of the day, when he walked out of there on Sunday, I think he understood, A, what the problems were, and then, B, what we're going to do to try to fix them. You talked about his accuracy throughout the offseason being, you know, considerably better than, obviously, he showed last year. Is it just live action that's, you know, getting out there? And, and I, think it was a, I think it was a bad day at the office. That's what I think it was. Do you have bad days at the office? Have. Well, he had one. He had a bad day at the office. <clears throat> How's Montel's confidence level right now? And same question overall with the team, how confident are they after Saturday's game? 
Well, which which one? What, uh, ask, let's well, give me Montel. one question. By the time by the time Montel left on Sunday, I think Montel Montel was feeling a lot better when when Montel walked in, because when you see what the issues are, and you see what the answers are, and if you believe that the answers could solve the issues, then you're okay. It's when you don't have an answer that that's that's a bigger issue. But um, there are a lot of simple things that uh, that could be done. You know, obviously, you know, I can't do anything about the bad day. You know, we all had a bad day that day. You know, he just he was just one of the guys who had the ball in his hands on every play. So it obviously becomes magnified. As far as the team goes, that's what Sunday was all about. The first half of Sunday was hammering them. Second half of the day was moving on to Central Michigan. And I think that, you know, without me choreographing anything that any player says to you uh, uh, when you guys have them tomorrow, I think I clearly got across to them that that game, you got to put that game in the rearview mirror and you got to be focusing on Central Michigan because if you don't, you'll get whooped again. I met with the captains, not the seniors. I met with the captains. I let them, I let them take it from there. But uh, we addressed a whole bunch of things. You know, I gave them what was on my mind. They gave me what was on their mind. It was pretty much the same thing, though. Sure. I mean, for example, Ben Heaney. I can give you four players right now, with, with the exception of maybe a play in the game, that had really good games. Ben Heaney and Victor Simmons had really good games. Okay, I mean, not good games. They had really Justin McKay. He had a really good game. Now you don't look, you don't always see it by production. Okay, but he had a really good game. And you know, uh, Semke. He had a really good game. I mean, so when we talk, you talk to him on Sunday. You just don't come in and just start hammering away at every single issue, because some guys actually played really well. It's just that it doesn't make a difference if a handful of guys play well when, when there's a number of guys who don't. So, I mean, there are actually some guys that walked out of there, you know, feeling disappointed and lost, but at least good that the, the coaches recognized that even though the, bad, the game was bad, they played well. Is that enough to, to keep this outcome, the most recent one, from from being a significant hit to the that progress of the program? That game's gone for the, the players. I mean, it might be, it might not be going on the street, but I couldn't tell you the street. Right. I mean, because from the second we got back, you know, it's it's been all identify what the problems are. You can't turn away from a game like that and ignore the things that didn't go well. You know, you can, and you know, I address the coaches on things that I don't like there. I address the players on things I don't like there, but you can't you can't ignore the things that didn't go well. That being said, once that happens, you also can't let them leave on Sunday thinking about Duke. So I went and showed them that uh, they watched the entire Purdue game that Central Michigan went to Purdue and whooped up on Purdue because I wanted them to understand, don't think that this is a MAC team that isn't capable of doing the same thing to you because they went on the road to Purdue and if they didn't give up a garbage touchdown lead, the score would have been 48 to 10. 
I mean, you know, the game ended up, it was a domination by Central Michigan on offense, defense, and special teams. Now, they had a bad day at the office last week themselves. I mean, we weren't the only team that had a bad day at the office. They had a bad day at the office as well. I mean, not too much went right in that, that, that game against, against Syracuse. So I'm sure they were reeling a little bit themselves. But not for one second did I want our team to leave here not respecting who they're going against. So when they watch that Purdue game, when they walked out of here, they know that you know they better be ready to bring it. And you don't have time for sulking. How much did uh, having Rawls and not having Rawls have to do with the huge swing for them? Having, having yeah. a running back and then not having. He's pretty good, Tom. I mean, he's he's a he's you know a hundred plus yard rusher every single game. You know, and looking at following the issues that are going on, I'd be kind of I'd be kind of surprised if he played this week. You know, and sign me up for that. You know. But uh, you know, I get a, I I deal with my own guys' issues on and off the field. You know, I don't wish bad on anyone else, but I think that the kid is a legitimately frontline player. I think he's really good. So would it have affected him? Yeah, it, it probably would have affected him. How, how's your offensive line performed through two games? I think that uh, you know the guard the guards are the the steady Eddie on our team. You no, know, I think actually Damon played better at right tackle in the second game than he played in the first game. You know, Pat is going to get half of that cast off today. I think he played with one, you know, one and a half arms in that game, so he's going to get a much smaller, much smaller cast on, which gives him his fingers and everything, which I think will help him tr tremendously. And Keon, as as I addressed before, you know, he was part of the problem. It was part of the problem right with Montel because it also, there's only two guys that touch the ball on every play. So, I mean, your problems are going to be magnified at those two positions if, if you don't have a good day. You've been working Larry at right tackle some? Left and right, yep. And just, is that just normal rotation type stuff? Well, I mean, it, it, Damon is one of, those, one of those guys who hadn't been feeling that good. You know, so you have to, you know, without getting into, well, get into, you know, all that type of stuff. You know, you just have to protect yourself. If he's your next best tackle, you know, after your first two guys, if he's the next best guy, then you have to have him ready to play on either side. Is Montel on any kind of a short leash on Saturday versus Central Okay, I'm going to gather myself before I give that answer. I expect Montel to play very well this week. Okay, if you're asking me, will I have Cummings ready to go if things don't go well? I'll have Cummings ready to go if things go well, don't go well. Uh, short, I don't short leash. Short leash is as a you know as a football phrase that has no definition because you don't know how when that could happen. Is that the first quarter? Is that the second quarter? Is that the start of the second half? I mean, all I know is what, whoever is going to give us the best chance to win this game, that's who's going to be in there. And right now, we think that Montel gives us the best chance to win this game. As you said, the spotlight's obviously on the quarterback. What, what other keys do you, you want in a more efficient passing game? What are some other keys to, to make that happen? 
when the get when the game goes like that game went, I'll, the only answer I could give you, other than do you know give the quarterback more time, you know when people, which is obviously the more time the quarterback has, the more chance you have. You it's really unfair to try to judge the other skilled players because they become. Not, I wouldn't say non-entities, but they become less significant because it really only start, it starts with the guy with the ball in his hands. So, I mean, when I go to grade guys in a passing game from the other day, to be honest with you, with the tight ends and the wide receivers, I would give them every one of them an incomplete because I really can't, I really can't, if they run what they're supposed to run, which they basically do, they don't make mental errors, very seldom do they make mental errors, Still, it comes down to what happens when the ball comes in your direction. And that just didn't happen very many times in that game right there. So it, it's, it's not avoiding the answer. It's being honest with you. It would be tough for me to have said be critical of those guys because there wasn't enough action going their way. So more on the offensive line and the quarterback? No, it's, it's all on the quarterback. You know, it's all on everyone in protection. So protection is not just the offensive line. It's running backs. Yeah, often it's tight ends, too. Obviously, the more time the quarterback gets, you know, the better chance he has. But there were times in that game when the protection was great and the quarterback was bailing out and, and, and flushing out of the pocket. When the pocket was – the integrity of the pocket was great. So that just goes back to the same, you know, bad day at the office. That was part, was part of that. Really, the, uh, the problems on third down, is that just another example of the passing game needing to be more efficient? I mean, is, or is there anything more? Well, it, it really was the passing game on every down. You know, third down gets magnified. If you're not throwing and catching, you know, if you're not throwing and catching, third down it gets magnified because now you're, now you're punting. You know, it wasn't like every, every third down was third and twelve. You know, there were we had third and fours. You know, we had we had plenty of manageable situations right there. But our efficiency, our efficiency in the pass game, you know, was not was was not good, and it's definitely magnified on third down. The, the field goal that was blocked was obviously a long one. That two games in a row is that just fluky stuff? No, or the, or something like that? no, the first one, the first the one in the first game was the problem. This game. You know, we talked, Wyman and I talked about whether even to try it or not. And he said, well, he goes, I'm going to have to hit it lower, you know, because he was going to have to, he's going to have to drive the ball. So I already knew he was going to drive it. But to be honest with you, the ball was not blocked by the guys inside. It was the guy coming off their right edge, off our left edge. But it was because he was taking so much time to try to drive the ball, to kick it 57 yards or whatever was there. I mean, it could could have said to me, "Hey, coach, I can't make it," but that that wasn't his answer. I liked his answer. His answer said, "Hey, let's give it a shot." He goes, he goes, "I'm gonna have to take a little bit more time and try to drive it." He goes, "But let's give it a shot." So more power to him. But there were two different issues. One was penetration up the middle, and this was taking a lot of time to try to make a 57-yard field goal. Actually, I think Wyman has been. You know, I know he's probably 50-50 by based off the stats right now, but actually he's hit the ball pretty solid for us so far after two games. You think that, I mean, 
he expected once you announced John as, as your kicker, you know, he expected, okay, I lost the battle. But he stayed ready, obviously. Do you think maybe Well, he expected that? until Tuesday was over. Oh, okay. <laughs> after Tuesday was over, he didn't expect it anymore. Because <laughs> after Tuesday, the, there was then a new period the next day, and he was now the kicker. Okay. Even if it was only 12 hours, do you, do you think that that just kind of exhaling a little bit maybe helped him? That's possible. I, I don't know. I don't know that. It would be a purely a guess on my part. You know, I, I wouldn't know that. On the new depth chart, Dave Harwell is the punt returner. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I've done a lot of things on uh, here in the last 48 hours, but there's there's a lot of things that have done been changed on special teams in the last 24. <coughs> Okay, God bless you. So that's one of the things that's been changed. There's a lot of things that have been changed. The, uh, the big plays on defense that you gave up, you mentioned gaps. and Is that just mental errors or one guy missing an assignment? And what did you see when you looked at the film? Well, the four big, let's talk about the four big runs. The, the four big runs. <laughs> and the four big runs, two of them, we had a guy for every gap. They were the hit versus blitz zones, so the line slant in a certain way. So there's a guy there in position to make a play, and we don't we don't touch him. Okay, on two of them, on one of them there was a player standing there unblocked, untouched, you know, and didn't even touch the guy. Okay, and I don't know why he just froze. You know, he looked like he just froze. Okay, and another one was a another one was ever the the run was kind of clogged up there, and he bounced it out. It was the one up the right side, the back to back, the thirty yarder and forty yarder. When he bounced it out to the right side, that was a bounce out run that sometimes happens in the game. So the bounce out run that sometimes happens in the game, I have less of a problem with than the other three when you have a guy in a gap on two of them. Okay, and guys just just overrun the play, and the other one when you have a guy standing right there, no one blocking you, and you have to make the play. So, you know they're all all a little bit all a little bit different. None of them are acceptable, except the only one I can really kind of excuse is to bounce out. Everything's clogged up, nothing's there. You bounce it out and now, you know now you're running up the sideline. Nope, I, I would not put him in that class, of, that group of people who played really well. No. I think, when, I think when Michael Reynolds was rushing the passer, he looked good. Okay. And when he wasn't, he didn't look very good. You're not going to get me uh, to say yay on very many of players that you could bring up right now. Yeah. I mean, right. take your pick. You know, there aren't going to be very many of them that I'm going to say, yeah, they played well. Sure, you mentioned Victor Simmons, though. He's a guy, he had pretty good numbers last year, and we didn't talk about him much in the preseason. What, what did you like about him? Um, he, here's a guy who played all out the entire game. Didn't make any mistakes. Made, it, made, made a few plays. Okay, but you can tell the guys that 
made some plays, were in the right spot, didn't give up any plays. You know, didn't and you know, he he stood out. And when you watch the tape, you could sit there. He's in the right place and he's making plays when plays are going his way, and when they're not, they're, they're, he's not giving up anything cheap. Okay, and that's when you know you that's when you know you did your job. You know, there's some days you'll get more production than the others, but when you do your job and don't give up any plays, that usually means you know you played pretty well. And he did. He played. I called him out in the meeting. He was one of the first people I called out because it's not the normal type of person. Ben Heaney's easy. You know, you go make your 15 tackles and you give up a play in a passing game. But other than that, you know, your sideline is sideline. You're not missing any gaps. You're 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 in the gaps you're supposed to be. You're playing hard the whole time. And he gets banged up. He comes off the sideline. He could have stayed out if he wanted to. You know, he got, you know, he he couldn't get back out there fast enough. I mean. That's that's why Ben Heaney is who he is, but Victor Simmons, I thought, play, I mean, I was I was impressed. I thought he played. I thought he played very well. I mean, we're not mentioning running backs. I thought the running backs ran the ball really well again. You know, I thought I think that both those guys have showed that you know, you know, they're they're going to run tough, and, and not every yard was easy, but they ran t they ran tough in the game. You know, so um, it gives you. Hey, we've been there before now. We all know. I'm not going to give you illusions of grandeur. We can run the football. If you can't throw it, you can't score a point, you can't, you're not going to win. And the players and the coaches all understand that very clearly. This may be a kind of a simple, dumb question. Go ahead. I'm, you've had, you've had I'm dumb backs. is right up my alley. For three years, you've had different running backs. You've had different offensive linemen. You've always been able to run the ball. You've had different quarterbacks, different receivers, and not been able to do it. Is there a common theme on what's wrong? Well, I'd say, you know, I'd say this is where we play two games, and let's, let's wait a while before we come to that answer. That's what I think. You know, let's let's wait a while because right now it would be unfair to me to give give an answer uh, because there's not enough evidence to be able to back that right now. You know, I, I just don't have I don't have a good enough answer yet. What was the Duke defense doing that really shut down Harwell? Montel shut down Harwell. Duke's defense didn't shut down Harwell. mentioned after the game that this week, you know, and you said respectfully, obviously, that, that you're not trying to disrespect an opponent, but but it's all about you guys this week. I agree. Um, will the biggest key for your team against this style of team be matching their physicality then? Well, put it like this, just they already know what's coming today. Okay. I mean, they know what's coming today. What is? You won't have to worry about whether or not today will be a physical practice. And you'll have Reagan and Bowen right in the middle of it. Okay. As a matter of fact, Reagan today, you know, is doing something different than he normally does. Normally he just, you know, gives the play to the signal caller and then and it goes from there. Today he's not he he has Ron doing that, giving the plays to the signal callers, because he's gonna be right in the middle of everything, all over him. This is this is Type of practice I'm really looking forward to. Hey Charlie, you talked about 
Victor playing so well when he was playing all out, turned up, and we saw one of your team played in the first quarter with emotion against Southeast Missouri. Is that a big key for you guys? Is just playing with that emotion in the home game coming up this week? No, uh, each 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 player. I mean, there's plenty of guys who played with emotion the entire game. There's plenty of them. Okay, the, the problem is some guys, some guys handle, handle negative plays. They don't have short-term memory. So they harp in the past instead of, you know, okay, the play's gone. I mean, I don't know how many times, okay, the series is over, let's go. Let's, you know, let's go. go. You have to play the next play. And I think that, I think that when people, uh, when players – you know, or thinking more about what happened than what, what what's going to happen. You know that you know that that's not a good thing. So that's been the biggest point of emphasis here in the last forty-eight hours. Let it go. I mean, you got to let it go. Some you know, if you give up a play, let it go. Well, you can't do. I mean, you look at the first series. I mean, we had three bad plays in a row now. Okay, there. You know, you don't. You don't. You only noticed the first one, but all three of those plays, there was a problem on, and the problem wasn't all eleven guys. The problem really started between the quarterback and the center. Okay, and before you know it, you're punting, and you never even gave your team a chance. You know, so, put it like this: I'm glad there's lights out there, because when the practice is over, the quarterback and center are going to hang out together for quite some time. I don't know what time tutoring starts, but, you know, hopefully it'll be in time for tutoring. We can't be out there because that would exceed the four-hour day. Well, it's not a question of whether they were open. He's he's now seen them open. I mean, you were at the game. You saw them roll out to the or roll out twice, and Tony's standing there in the flat without anyone within 15 yards of him. I mean, Tony can't get any more open than that. I mean, so the the key is throw it to him. So you know, I can do some things. For example, when you roll out of the pocket, normally people read things top down. Why? Because you have more time. Well, then maybe this week, instead of reading them top down, maybe they're going to read them bottom up. So if somebody's, somebody's there right now, go ahead and give it to them. I mean, there's a perfect example. of On the exact same play, you know, you would think if, if there's clutter down the field, you're looking in the flat, go ahead and throw it to them. You know, like, but the question, the question about, you know, shutting down Tony and Nick, you know, it wasn't shut, you know, the, it wasn't like Tony and Nick didn't have opportunities to make plays. They did. How big is this one? I mean, you, you made no secret about how big Duke was. I think that this, everyone knows that this is a critical game because now you go into the Big 12 stretch, you know, stretch that we're about ready to go into. And I'm not even worrying about any of those games right now. I think this kind of sets the table. Sets the table either way. Either way. 
you know, either sets the table well or doesn't sets the table where you're really, really fighting, you know, you know, fighting to an uphill battle. And uh, either way, you're going to be fighting. I mean, it's a tough league. You're going to be fighting every week. But I think that uh, I think if you go out there and play really well against a good physical team, and 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 win the game, I think that you know you'll be really encouraged going into the next one. Me personally, uh, my job is to get everyone else. Uh, the head coach doesn't have that doesn't have that release. Okay, but I but I have to be there not just for the players. Now you do that for the coaches too. You know, believe it or not. You know, I know that you guys don't think that think that you know that you know that coaches are people and stuff like that. But you know, you have to worry about their psyches too. So, you know, I think that. That's what I do on Saturday night. I figure out on Saturday night what I'm going to say on Sunday morning. You know, so you, you know, some of the damage control you've already done on a plane, as much as you could do. Okay, but you know, once you get back and you've watched the game, you know, you get back. It's 11:15. You know, sit down there, sit in the chair, and put the get the clicker in your hand. And go watch the offense and the defense and special teams. You know now it's two o'clock, and you you know you have a much better idea of questions that you know some of you asked after the game. Now they've been ver what you thought has either been verified or you know it didn't exactly happen the way you thought it happened. But I know one thing: by that time, you already can now get a mindset on how to address the problems. One of the things you have to do is you have to beat them down and tear them up. To, uh, you have to beat them down and build them up all on the same day. And if you think that they, I, they come in and I say that's okay, then then you don't know me very well. Because I don't do that. You know, I I think it's important for everyone to know. Here's what the problems were. Okay, and th these problems are caused by you. And then to go about how to fix them. And that's true with coaches too. Just so you know. I do the same thing with them than I do with the players, because there's things I'll say. Well, why do why did we call this, or what were we doing here, or you know what was your guy doing on this play? Because whether it's a position coach or a play caller, there's always issues that that come up, you know. But really, I think by the time 6:30 or so Sunday night hit, you know hit here, when these guys were leaving the building, I think that they were on to Central Michigan. First play of the game, it looked like Montel was surprised that the ball was snapped. Was that a miscommunication? No, that on that play, on the second play, that happened. Okay, on the first play, the ball hit him in the hands, but it was go at the snap was a hundred miles an hour. So this wasn't on the first play. It wasn't him snapping it early, and it wasn't ball placement. It was, you know, it was, you know, a speed ball. You know, which which really caught him off guard. Like he got his hands on the ball, you know, it hit him in the hands, and then went over went over his shoulder. But you know, th those thing those are the type of things that it isn't the, where the snap location of the snap was on that play. It was the speed of the snap. So sometimes it's the location of the snap. Okay, some some sometimes it's the speed of the snap. 
Okay, some sometime, uh, some sometimes it's not being on the same page exactly when that's going to occur. So they're they're really like it's a good question because there's about three different issues that took place on that play. The ball was right here, but it was coming so hard. You know, sometimes like in baseball, you say it's too hot to handle. It was like one of those ones where the ball was coming back so fast. It, you know, it surprised him. Yeah, and it was it was hot. You know, you'd like you'd like for him to catch it, but it was it was it was hot. Center two emotional two key down. Well, I don't know. He had a bunch of family there. That uh, the, you know that 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 could have been it. I don't I don't know. But uh, that didn't what that doesn't explain the second one or the third one or the other ones that we were doing right there. But we're working on it. We're working on it. It's not that I promise you one thing. It's not because either one of those guys doesn't care. Because they do. They want to be good. And they they want to fix the problems. You already mentioned Avery, um, but first road game for a bunch of your freshmen, and obviously a lot of them got out there too. Just the whole experience. What do you what do you think of how those guys handled road trip? Well, Avery doesn't act like a freshman, so you know it's tough for me to look at him like a freshman. You know, I think there's, there's different guys you look at different ways. There's a couple guys that, you know, you know, looked like they're more uh, more looking at the, the opposing sta the stadium. And really, it wasn't a very intimidating place now. There's about 25,000 people there. They're far away from you. It wasn't loud. I mean, so there really was nothing to be intimidated about. I mean, you're playing against a nice, solid team. They're not great, but they're, they're a nice, solid team that's, you know, turned a corner and they're winning. So you're going to have to play well. So really there sure should have been, you know, field was in great condition. You know, weather didn't turn out to be an issue, you know. But, uh, I mean, there really, you could look for reasons. There really isn't one. I mean, we've gone to places where a freshman walks in and says, my God. You know, you walk in and there's, you know, 88,000 people there or 100,000 people there. And, you know, they, you know, some of them get overwhelmed. But in that game, that should not have been the case. But it was for a couple guys? I'd say a few guys that yeah. it was a little bit, it was, it was a little bit, a little bit much for him. But Avery, you know, he, he certainly wasn't one of them. See, the thing about that game, you go into the game, the, my biggest concerns in the game, my two biggest concerns on defense were their passing game and quarterback runs because I thought we'd be vulnerable. Quarterback didn't run the ball one time, and the passing game was basically no big deal. They hit McCaffrey down the middle of the field versus two Tampa, okay, and on a pick play, you know, he gets open on the five, Cassius misses it, hits him. If he tackles them, they're kicking a field goal, misses the tackle, they score. Other than that, I mean, they're a good guy. Number three, two catches for 14 yards. Blakeney, five catches for 45 yards. I mean, so my biggest, two biggest concerns, that, you know, we should pr pretty well shut down. And I wasn't counting on big plays in the run game. You know, I wasn't counting on our pass game being inefficient. I wasn't counting on not being able to score. You know, those are the things that, you know, ultimately, you know, ultimately, those are the things that end up getting you.
that turnovers. But even the turnovers just led to six points. The defense deed up on both turnovers and held them to three both times. So it wasn't like they were 14 points. They were, you know, the defense held them in both both times. Go ahead. What was your question? I will said past experience against Central Michigan. He had success as well. Is he excited to play against Central Michigan again? I'm right now. Don't worry. I'm not. Don't care. Uh, what what Harwell's excited about. What I'm I care about with Harwell is that he's the leader of our offense, and he gets all over him, so that today we have a good practice. You know, he's had big numbers against this team in the past. He's had good days, but that's the past. I'm only worried about today's practice leading in leading into Saturday's game. Actually, I was looking to wrap this up. That's what I was doing. But I'm going to end. I promise you I will answer your question. Go uh, ahead. Is that something that you will also focus on this, this, this week during practice is accuracy as well as the snap? And, uh, or, sorry, pocket presence as well as accuracy and, and Okay, no, that's right, because pocket presence is a different deal. And I, think, I agree with you that I think that that was also an issue in the game. But po pocket presence will definitely be addressed. Not will be addressed, you know. It's already ha has been addressed and will be addressed on the field here today. Thank you for clearing that up for me because that, that helped that helped me. It did. I'm not being sarcastic. I'd like to be sarcastic, but I'm not being sarcastic.